podcast for fans who have finished all 10 seasons of Adventure Time and want to journey back through the land of Ooh in an episode-by-episode analysis of Cartoon Network's most mathematical TV show. I am Laura the Human. And I'm KK, also the Human. This is a bonus chapter about the Distant Lands episode, Obsidian, boarded by Hannah Nienstrom, Anna Siverston, Iggy Craig, Mickey Quinn, Maya Peterson, James Campbell, and Ashley Anstey. In this episode of Come Along With Me, we learn that music can not only soothe the savage beast, but childhood trauma too. This podcast contains full spoilers for all Adventure Time. If you haven't finished the series, and obviously Obsidian, turn back now. Long ago, the Glass Kingdom was saved from a great beast by the rocking out of their Saint Marceline. When a young glass boy accidentally releases it in an attempt to fix his crack, he seeks Marceline out for aid. Marceline and her now long-term girlfriend, Princess Bubblegum, are hesitant, not wanting to dredge up bad memories. Eventually, they agree, but the quest will force both of them to confront their flaws and Marceline with the childhood loss of her mother. All right, so as we mentioned before, this is a bonus episode. Uh, so normally we are a episode-by-episode episode rewatch. We're still on early season one, um, but we couldn't not talk about Obsidian. Uh, so this is going to be a shorter episode, less structured than our usual content. Um, but revisit us in like six years, I guess, uh, if you want <laughs> our usual content. Uh, I I can't stop thinking about Obsidian. It's <sighs> consumed my dreams and my life. I have the songs continuously stuck in my head. Um, they're all bops, even like the kind of slow paced or very short depressing ones um they're just it's so good it's so good i uh definitely continuously have the line i don't really care about your stupid candy kingdom stuck <laughs> in my head uh i also keep wanting to insert cuss words into it but i don't think it has any no but the thing is marceline is absolutely somebody who is swearing pretty much continuously we just can't see <laughs> we just <it. laughs> Oh, I think I only cried four times during this episode. Um, I didn't actually cry at all, which was weird. I was expecting to. I teared up a little around, um, I believe it was the scene where Marceline uh, finally gets the the recording from her mother while she's dying. That teared <laughs> me, made me tear up for sure. <laughs> I'm sad they didn't bring back Rebecca Sugar. Yeah, I noticed that. She had a different voice. Um, it wasn't hugely noticeable. I think it's just because we happened to really recognize uh, Sugar's voice from interviews and stuff. But um, Yeah, uh, her, her mom in Stakes was played by creator of Steven Universe and Adventure Time storyboarder Rebecca Sugar. Yeah, which that. I'm sure we'll get into eventually once we get to Stakes. Um, but it's kind of an interesting sort of meta nod to how Rebecca Sugar is kind of conceptually Marceline's mom in the sense that she kind of uh, set this in motion a lot of her backstory beats, including her difficult relationship with her biological dad and her fraught relationship with Simon. 
Uh, Michaela Dietz, the voice of Amethyst from Steven Universe, speaking of, is Glassboy. Oh, and I love it. Um, I really love Michaela Dietz's voice. It's got this kind of really raspy quality, which simultaneously comes off as quite young and youthful, which obviously is great if you're playing, say, a little child, like in this episode. Um, But that same raspiness also gives it a, a really good edge that I love. Like, it's not the usual cutesy voice you think of when you talk about kid kid voice actors i know there's a long-standing tradition of uh adult women playing young boys but i also like the queering of that as well how she's a woman playing a little boy yeah it's really fun um and yeah like she, she had a really great performance i don't think uh glass boy is a particularly standout character he's just he's cute and he's absolutely there to move the the story along and there's some good um sort of meta you know he he represents the the dragon who and the effects of trauma and uh, and bullying and things. Yeah, like I that. mean he's he's Marceline and see through Princess is bubblegum and Marceline kind of sees herself and he even says that at the beginning, right? He's like, "We're just alike." <laughs> yeah, um, it's a it's very cute. It's not subtle, um, <laughs> but you know it doesn't always have to be. Nah. It gets the job done. Yeah, and I mean, the whole concept of, like, we're all cracked. We all have trauma and business in our past, and there's no reason to hide it. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta if you hide it, it's hard to deal with it. Yeah, I, uh, the, so overall, I found those three Glass Kingdom stooges utterly annoying, which obviously Ugh. was the point. <laughs> that I, I That was obviously their intent. Uh, I still wanted to smash them to bits, and... It was nice when they did get smashed to bits. Um, but I do like the plot point about, like, they even they're cracked. They just know that people make fun of people who are cracked and hide their cracks and use it to to control other people. Um, and the there was pe- a real throwaway line where the guy, this guy was like, sorry for bullying you your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I found it interesting. So at the end... Um, I mean, we're bumping all around the place here, but, you know, uh, we're going to have a more concrete, straightforward discussion one day. Um, at the very end, um, see-through princess runs to to take down the shields that have trapped Glass Boy, Marceline, and Princess Bubblegum in the cave with the dragon. Um, and in doing so, she gets, like, kind of thrown back and cracked right down the middle. Um, and it turns her dress into what Pants. appears to be a a pair of pants. And I think that's interesting in a couple of ways, um, both in the general kind of, she goes from a more passive character doing what other people want to taking more, you know, assertion and being more confident in herself. And again, as a parallel to Princess Bubblegum, I thought it was very, you know, I felt it really drew, drew attention to, you know, when Princess Bubblegum was first introduced, you know, in season one, in Slumber Party Panic, she's wearing, you know, typical pink dress, and she is a much more stereotypical princess character. And in this episode, where obviously she's the Duder antagonist, she's wearing pants the entire episode. Mm. Love, love that. Ugh, it's good. It's good. Okay, what was your favorite moment out of this entire episode? Oh, it's not fair because it's really four episodes mashed together, right? I mean, I know it run. is, um, and I like the longer format. I think it. Me too. It's, it's been it's been great so far. Uh, but I really liked 
when Simon is wearing his blue muumuu and tiny crown and he's like, this is how I cope. He's not just, he's also wearing Gunther slippers. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh my gosh. Um, oh man, I'm, I'm so interested in Simon. I really, really hope that we get um, a Distant Land special just about him. Because yes. the tidbits here were so tantalizing. Um, you know, we were so invested in Ice King over seven seasons and him, you know, overcoming the curse. And he's done that. But not everything is fixed. No, not after a thousand years being stuck in that horrible situation. No, he, you know, he's, uh, he's got a pretty good setup by all accounts. You know, he's clearly has a life for himself, both with Marceline and his own things like this, uh, open mic night. Um, but I mean, he's obviously still missing. That was one of my cry points, by the way, when he was singing, uh, uh, if I don't remember you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Um, and I, I really like, so he's singing there. Um, and, you know, Glass Boy obviously hears Marceline's name and is desperately trying to cry out. Um, and the other patrons of the bar are, like, really awful. And are like, you know what? We're going to throw out this little kid instead of, you know, being concerned for his welfare. Jeez, candy people. Um, but, you know, Simon, obviously, the reason he... he ended up taking care of Marceline is because he's a genuinely good dude who who likes kids so he he abandons his his performance to go and check in on the kid and it's so sweet I I was wondering if uh there was something going on with his aging because we know from the Finn cameo at the end this has got to be at least 15 years in the future I wouldn't say as much as 15 uh it's kind of unclear how old Finn is at this point but it's easily See I read him as at least 30 years old. I read him about 25 to to 30. Hmm. Well, I'm hoping that we get snapshots of Jake and or Finn's life throughout distant lands like I don't want an episode surrounding them but I think that would be really cute since we got the flashback last time and the flash forward this time yeah. so maybe we'll see an even older Finn it'll be helpful for placing uh, yeah absolutely I, I, I like that idea too like Adventure Time itself was so focused on Finn and Jake their story is over but we still get glimpses of kind of the, the prologues and epilogues of their life yeah for sure so yeah, I guess I guess he could just not be drawn older Simon, but um, I don't know. I'm curious to see if there's something afoot there. Yeah, I'm interested too. I'm kind of split between whether I want Simon to be immortal or frozen in time or whatever. On one hand, obviously, I'd like him to be able to hang out with Marceline forever, and I'd like him to have a chance because you know, at this point, like 99.9 percent of his life was as a different person essentially yeah um you know it, it feels unfair that he doesn't get that same balance of time to be who he is um but at the same time i'm wondering if you like you know it's that thing where if everybody's immortal like where are the stakes you know what i mean in a mini series in season eight. Oh right stop <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i don't know I, i'm curious to see if we get more information there um i'm curious to see if we'll get an episode picking up on his search for for betty um who has become gold i can tell uh, you my favorite epi- uh, my favorite yeah, moment please please by far it's gotta be um the the breakup song <laughs> it's 
it's oh, so man. It's such a bop. It's oh such a bop. Like, yes, it's heartbreaking. But I mean, come on. Like, it's just it's all this pent up rage and some like it's some stuff that's legitimate, but it's also clearly just uh, Marceline throwing out pretty much any little thing, however little like she there's a lot of stuff that I don't think she actually means or cares about. She's just throwing it out there to to totally own her ex-girlfriend uh, and break up with her in the most painful, rude way possible. Um, and there's just there's so much good strutting and floating and, you know, uh, the animation works with the music so wonderfully. It's great. And um, I mean, just the whole idea that like Marceline pushes people away before she can get rejected because of this early what she perceives to be rejection from her mother you know what I mean? And so, like, I don't think she was intending to break up with PB. I think she was afraid Bubblegum was going to break up with her, and that's why she lashes out like this. I think so, and, yeah. Yeah, because she said when she's little and in the, like, bunker, doesn't she kind of say that to herself? She's like, she only left because I wanted her to leave. Well, yeah. what she says, I think what she actually says is first, um, you scare everyone, or, or <laughs> she says, uh, it's really one of her make-believe friends is like, you scare everyone away. Like, you scared away your dad. Uh, and we don't know the exact details uh, there. I, I think we can assume that Hunson Abdir wasn't scared away so much because she was a half-demon, as it was probably a more mundane reason. Like, he's a busy business demon and he doesn't care, or he has commitment <laughs> issues, demon. or, you know, uh, something more ordinary dad, deadbeat dad-like. Um, but she's like, no, I meant to do that. Ergo, she meant to have her mom run away. We find out her mom wasn't doing it as a rejection of her daughter, but because she didn't want Marceline to watch her die, uh, which is still a questionable decision. But I know, and I really, really appreciated that Marceline knew that, right? Marceline saying, well, it's it messed me up real bad. And so you get this like catharsis, but you also get this good lesson of like, you can still hurt people when you're trying to help them. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I, I have so much sympathy for for Marceline's mom. Like, she was in a terrible position. Like, she's one of the last people on Earth, as far as she knows. Obviously, there were more humans. Uh, she's dying of radiation sickness. I mean, it's so easy for us to say, well, you obviously should have told your daughter that she's dying and not made her think that you, you know, had the last thing you said to her was yelling at her. Um, but... I mean, yeah, she was traumatized and sick, and it's easy to point figures, right? Yeah, yeah, man. And that's, like, what Marceline learned, right? She learned that it's, it's in a way, it's a twisted version of what's going on with Marceline, where the mother used this, like, angry, I don't want you, so leave. Even though she was doing it to protect Marceline, that's how Marceline, like, learned how to deal with relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it puts so much context to how we first see Marceline in the show, where she shows up at the house and she's like, um, it's my house now and I'm going to pretend that I'm an evil demon who will eat your souls. Um, and even as they become closer as friends, she'll occasionally have these moments where she lashes out um, and pretend she's way more evil than she actually is. Uh, I think her... Her Fiona and Cake episode, the one where she about Marshall Lee, is kind of like her pretending that she's this big bad boy, um, when clearly that was just all of her projections about who she wants to be or who she thinks she should be. 
I, the gall of Marceline writing an incredible diss track to like brutally break up with her girlfriend and then coming back and what was missing and saying like I don't know why I'm the one that has to make up with you it's like I don't even remember why we broke up it's like you're the one who did the breaking up Marceline (laughs) you do remember you were just kind of just kind of being a brat here yeah and I mean again we could be like super pedantic and say well look this is a case of you know these two episodes were in like six years apart and clearly uh you know it's a canning discontinuity or whatever um i think it's just as easy to say as sometimes people you know change their own memories of events to make them feel better or look better to themselves and i think it's also very important to say that like the diss track comes off as super brutal but we know we know that bubblegum was not blameless in the breakup oh no like there there are some like this is what I mean where some of the stuff that Marceline was singing about, she does, I don't think she so much cared about, like, in the moment, I think what she cared about was she was feeling, um, like, her girlfriend cared more about saving these people than her, which, you know, weird, weird time to get jealous, but cool, you're, you're messed up. Um, <laughs> she's feeling frustrated because Bubblegum seems smarter than she is, uh, and she feels afraid that Bubblegum is going to break up with her first. Those are the things she's caring about in the moment. But some of the stuff she throws out is she doesn't care about the candy kingdom. Um, you know, she she thinks it's pretentious and a stupid project. And B, she throws out the line, you're kind of a dictator in a way. I know. <laughs> uh, like, look, yes, we know that you, you know, imprison people without trial and sometimes execute people and use sketchy morals all around. Um I'm just going to make that a throwaway line in my general diss track, though. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think one of the biggest indicators, and by the way, just in general, this episode is a masterclass on uh, showing, not telling, which mm. is really, really cool. And, you know, especially for a kid's show um, when they really trust their audience to sort of see those messages. But um, I really liked I think one of the biggest indicators that Bubblegum has changed a lot is that she's living with Marceline, at yeah. least part-time. Yeah, you know? um, she's no longer in the the Candy Kingdom constantly, you know, kind of decked out in her regalia, uh, assuming that she has to be on time every second or else the candy people will somehow spell their own doom out of stupidity. You know, there's a, a both a level of trust in her people she didn't used to have, as well as a respect of herself, her identity outside of being a ruler, which is so that refreshing. was the uh, the first time I cried was when they were sleeping in bed together because I just we've come so far. <laughs> we really have, and I've seen posts on uh, Tumblr pointing out that every other time we've seen Marceline, she she floats when she sleeps, um, and in this episode, uh, she's turned her floating off so that she can cuddle with. Uh, oh, I'm going to cry Bubba. again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. It's so good. Um, also, on the slipper front, I want to briefly mention that uh, Princess Bubblegum has Lady Raina corn slippers. That was, you know what? I take it back. That was my favorite part of the episode was Lady, Ra- Lady Raina corn slippers. All the domestic fluff where they're like baking pies and, and Marceline turns into a giant bat monster to put together not Ikea furniture. It's just, oh, <laughs> uh, it's beautiful. Ugh. Board games. Board games. Wearing um, cute clothes. 
Uh, there, there are so many good outfits. Um, I feel like I could have taken, I was tempted to go through and take notes on them all, but uh, I decided, <laughs> no, this is going to be free-flowing thoughts. We're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, I liked the dragon's design a lot, Ooh, um, yeah. especially when it gets the, like, the the what, root beer crystals on it, and it's kind of like a hybrid creature. And then... <laughs> When it turned out to be a magical cat butterfly, that was perplexing and so Adventure Time, and I loved it, it so, was, so much. It was, like, that's the thing I noticed, uh, having bounced right from season one episodes to, you know, post-finale episodes, is these are much more, I think you would say, normal narratives. Um, there's less weird gags or things happening just because, um... But yeah, then you still have moments like this where you're like, yeah, that wouldn't happen <laughs> in another show. <laughs> um, and yeah, we find out the monster, um, it used to be like a little larva or whatever, and um, a bunch of its family got eaten by like a prehistoric shark, and it's got a cut in its head, so it kind of disappeared into a thermic vent um, to hide, where it, over time the magic slash power of the volcano transformed it into this you know representation of its trauma um and that's why it was always responding to princess bubblegum's music i mean not princess bubblegum's marceline's music uh originally responded to the the rage and anger in in her breakup song Uh, but that wasn't enough to subdue it forever instead it was marceline's song about accepting past traumas and deciding to move past it that was able to finally have it break out of its shell. The line is like, you're the pink in my cheeks and I'm afraid that makes me soft. And then when it comes back is, and I love that it makes me soft. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, there's so many. Sw- I'm generally not somebody as much for, for the slow pace songs, um, but there's so many good lines like uh, loving you is a good problem to have as a, as a callback to I'm just your problem. Oh, <sighs> goodness gracious. Oh, and we find oh, out that man. Princess Bubblegum was a fangirl. Oh, man, yeah. And, uh, you've got to wonder what it must have been like. Like, it, you know, she would have still been relatively young in her life. Um, and, you know, the the world is just starting to heal from the calamity. Um, and you have, you, you, I mean, you stumble across what must be one of the only punk rock musicians in the entire world now. And... <laughs> Uh, there's definitely got to have been an entire cute kind of story about how they met and became friends there. (sighs) Just this episode is just a warm blanket of good, good vibes, a warm blanket of good vibes, which is something to be said because uh, a good, a solid 20% of it is set immediately after the mushroom war. Um, Something to be said when the whole episode is about coping with trauma. <laughs> Indeed. I, I was trying to catch some of the graffiti that we see in the in childhood Marceline's hellscape. Um, and while I don't remember them all or couldn't catch them all, there were definitely things like meat for food or uh, they've abandoned us or don't go outside. You know, just all sorts of really great um graffiti and i know in past uh flashback episodes there's like been entire stories uh kind of written in the uh kind of background design so that's something i definitely want to do is just kind of take a really close look and see if we can get 
uh, any glimpses of what happened there. I'm sad she didn't adopt the puppy. Oh, that was tragic. So, yeah, they're they're like, you know, as they're trying to leave uh, their trailer, which I can only assume uh, Marceline's mom must have warded with dark magic or whatever, uh, so that it wouldn't be completely destroyed. They come across a little puppy, um, except it has like four eyes and two mouths, and it it must be like one of the first animals developing sapience. Because it says something like, hey, what's uh, hi, what's up, that's what's it, up? what's up? <laughs> um, and Marceline's mom understandably freaks out <laughs> and attacks it, uh, the mom of bear instinct. But then the, the puppy's mom comes up and it's clearly less sapient, but still like just beefy. It has like a mouth in its chest. It's horrifying. Um, and that's when little Marceline's powers kick in and she sucks the soul out of the mom. Um, and it just like turns into this gray statue. It's awful. And, and the little baby puppy is like, what's up? Talk about some foreshadowing for. Oh, Oh. Oh, man. (sighs) I mean, I'll tell you the thing that really wrecked me. Please. And that was Finn with a Jake tattoo, memorial tattoo on his chest. So when, you know, it happens at the end and it all happens so quickly. You know, one moment we're all celebrating, the monster's gone, la la la. And then Simon shows up in a trailer filled with banana guards. And I'm just trying to parse everything that's happening. And all I see is there's this half naked dude. I don't even understand what he's saying um, before his towel throws away, it falls off. And they're like, oh, we can see this guy's junk. And I'm like, that's such a weird moment. Who is this dude? This blonde one-armed dude with a jake tattoo oh no oh no (laughs) and it was just the simultaneous of my boy my boy he's all grown up and oh no jake he's a dog (sighs) he's a dog and he's dead and and uh now finn is hanging out with bronwyn which is super cute it's super cute he's being a good great uncle finn uh teaching her all about how to adventure that's great. I'd love to have a Bronwyn episode where where Finn has a slightly more prominent role, but not like super big. Um, I think that would be cute. Oh, Jake. <laughs> <sighs> I remind myself he had a good long life for a dog. Um, you know, it's, we can't say that he didn't get things done. So I guess what I'd say is, hey, uh, you, if you really loved uh, Obsidian... If there was anything that really stood out to you, listeners, uh, we'd absolutely love to hear from you. We'll um, probably be avoiding Obsidian spoilers for a little while because we've already recorded a couple episodes in advance. So, But look um, forward in around episode 10 or whatever when we get into our first mailbag. So, uh, KK, why don't you uh, uh, tell everybody where they could message us if they have any thoughts? Thank you so much for joining KK and Laura the Humans on Come Along With Me. Uh, you can email us at adventuretimepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Come Along With Me, where the last E is a three, and Instagram and Tumblr at Adventure Time Pod. Now, come on, grab your friends, and go to very distant lands.